Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My mom signed me up for the adventure floor in my dorms. I, that was not consensual. I did not want to be on an outdoor <laughs> adventure floor. I've never heard of an adventure floor. Does oh, that mean, like, hey, we like to go backpacking? Yep. And- okay. yep. Yep. And she like behind my back was like, outdoors, it's great for her. Let me sign her up for the outdoor adventure floor. Welcome to Divorce Party with Monica Casey and Tom Arnold. Our special guest today is Dr. Melly Wasserman. She's a clinical psychologist with a specialty in traumatic stress, particularly in how trauma-related challenges impact interpersonal relationships like couples, families, and social work relationships. She's also divorced and she's a new mom. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Melly. Hi, Melly. Hi. Hi, Dr. Melly. So Dr. Melly is here. She's going to tell us about a little bit about what she does as a therapist. And then she's going to tell us about her very interesting divorce. And then she is also now, you know, remarried and a mom. So I would love to hear whatever you would like to start with first. Sure. Sure. I I will start with a bit about who I am. So um, I'm Dr. Melissa Wasserman. Please call me Melly. Um, And I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. And my specialty is in post-traumatic stress disorder, post-traumatic growth, resilience. And so I have a small private practice out here in the Valley um, where I see mostly individuals and couples who've experienced some sort of traumatic experience or or trauma. And that's a pretty wide range. Um, I'm also an assistant professor at a university out here in LA. And so as a part of my appointment there, I do research specifically around trauma, risk, and resilience um, with my main kind of expertise in research being around military behavioral health and intergenerational trauma. So I look a lot at 
kind of intergenerational patterns, intergenerational resilience in um, descendants of Holocaust survivors and Holocaust families. That's definitely an area of research really close to my heart. I'm a third generation Holocaust survivor. And I also study um, military families as well. So how do we, you know, bolster resilience in military families, uh, similarly, kind of like that secondary trauma, um, you know, intergenerational trauma as well. So I look a lot at like family communication, how do we utilize communication as a really great resilience skill. Um, we know a lot of research about family communication and how that can be bolstered to mitigate the impact that trauma might have. So that's a bit about me and, and what I do. I'm also a new mom. My daughter is, oh, it's so weird to say, it's so weird to say. Right? It's, it's weird. It's a weird transition. Um, she's two months old today, actually. Oh, she's two oh, months well, old. Yeah. And that's another wild yeah. ride. The wildest a ride new, I've been on. A new type of job and research project. Of- yeah. Totally. And, yeah. And, well, and obviously we'll probably, I feel like it makes people better actors and I feel like it'll yeah. probably just make you a better therapist. Yeah, you I know, mean, I think so. It makes life make sense. Here's what for me, being a father, <clears throat> it does it, 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 it shorthands everything. What's yeah. important. Okay. Now I got, I know what's important. Are you unconditionally loved? Well, now I, I, I cannot say I'm not, and it goes both ways. Sure. Uh, what is it? What do, needs to be taken care of first? It's instead of juggling stuff, going what my career, this thing, this thing. They, oh, in the in the immediate, uh, uh, it's it's your baby who is two months old. That uh, it's exhausting. People always say this too. Tell me if you agree. Boy, it goes by so fast. <laughs> so I have to say, childhood. Sometimes it goes by very slow because I spent sure. time looking at the clock at night, be up all night with one of the kids, and the other kid. And just watching the the seconds go by, but uh, but ultimately it does it does uh, go by pretty fast. So I I'm sure that you enjoy every moment of it. Melly, what made you want to get into becoming a therapist? And sure. and and how did you? I know you said you were a third generation Holocaust survivor. Yeah, what sort of steered you into post traumatic stress as sort of your specialty? Yeah. So they always say like research me search, you know, like I'm going to research the things that apply to my life. Right. Which is pretty accurate, at least in in my case. Um, So I did not major in psychology, excuse me, as an as an undergrad. I majored in something pretty useless. I was a religious studies major and I just went to college and was like, I'm going to research something that I find really cool. And, and that's what I did. And I would not change that decision for the world. And in one of the classes that I took, it was led by three Vietnam veterans who had vastly different experiences in war. And one of them was a military chaplain. One of them was an army helicopter gunner. And one of them was in the Marine Corps infantry. And for one of the projects for that class, and it was a religious studies class. It had nothing to do with religion. It was just, it was just them talking about their experiences. It was an incredible class. And um, for one of the projects, I focused on intergenerational trauma. And when I was researching it, I was like, oh my God, this is my family. Like that. Oh my, my mind was blown. And I called my dad and I was like, dad, you have intergenerational trauma. 
Like, <laughs> I'm diagnosing you. I'm not yeah, qualified yeah. to do this, but like you have intergenerational trauma. I love to do trauma. that as well. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I have intergenerational trauma. Like, and it was like the heavens parted. And I was like, this is what I'm going to study for the rest of my life. This is so interesting. Um, and not only am I interested in studying what it is, but like, how do we break the cycle? Because you mm -hmm. see, you know, people struggling with trauma that's not their own. Mm -hmm. And you know, to no fault of those who've experienced it. But I look at my daughter now and it's funny when we were preparing to be, I mean, I don't know, if, I find it funny. When we were preparing to be parents, my mm -hmm. husband, I was like, we have to go to couples therapy because we have to break these effing cycles. We cannot mm -hmm. do this, right? Yeah. And we have the resources, let's, let's, let's go. And I, our first couples therapy session, she's like, why are you here? And we're like, we're actually really happy, but we're going to become parents. And I do not want to put this stuff on her. Like, yeah. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so she's yeah, like, bad. you're gonna, yeah, she's like, you're gonna do it. And it's funny, like in the moment that she was born, I was like, so anxious. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't be anxious. I can't put this on her. I can't do this. I, mm -hmm. I have to, I have to get my anxiety in check, not for me, but like, mm -hmm. I can't give her anxiety the way that I was given anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, I think, let me just say a couple things about that. I think it's fantastic. I think that we, trauma was not something, uh, maybe even the last generation, uh, I'm older than you, but talked about, and, and uh, you know, it's, it, it, when I go down to the VA, which I do every couple of months, you know, they they got a great chemical dependency uh, mental health uh, unit, and yeah. you, you listen to you, those guys, you go, okay, that's, a, I get that, that trauma. Yeah. I 100% I get that. And my grandfather, help liberate Dachau. I get why he came home and he was so, uh, I think it's also yeah. important for people when we are, you, you know, when we've had parents or grandparents to, to figure out ourselves, what was, oh, what were they going to have a little compassion or, or at least understanding so that we can for, figure out a way to forgive that, to move on so that we are the best parents sure. in the moment. Cause you know, a lot of people uh, uh, carry their childhood Oh, and it's right on the uh, the on their sleeve all the time. That sure. whatever wrong, and and they don't know it, and they might not know right. it or be aware of it. Sure, yeah, yeah. And I, you need to identify it. And then let me ask you, what? Uh, and I think it's your way, your way on top of stuff. I tell you, I, I want to meet your husband one day. You're <laughs> way on top of it. We're going to counseling before we. But but uh, the idea of not passing on trauma to your children uh, is, is something that really resonates with me. I I'm a I'm also in recovery, and I think, what am I? What am I passing on to them that I, you know? But uh, I think it's would would couples come and talk to you? Do they come as couples, and do they know their trauma? Do they identify what they're dealing with before? And last, is trauma their marriage? Is mm. or is trigger trauma? What 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 generally do you see? Yeah, well, well, sometimes you see, you know, folks who are coming to you and they've actually part, just chose a partner that may actually perpetuate their cycle of trauma or their symptoms. Mm -hmm. And and even with who we select as a partner, so much of that too is what was modeled for us by our mm -hmm. parents or caregivers, right? So what we saw, what we witnessed, we internalize those messages, how could we not, right? This is what a relationship should look like. This is what a relationship has mm -hmm. to look like, right? 
And so we may select, more often than not, we select a partner, sometimes to our own detriment, that what that was you know, mm-hmm. directly related to the cycle that we saw or the parents mm-hmm. or caregivers that we saw modeled. And mm-hmm. sometimes those can be really challenging because when you're starting to help identify the cycle, the person's like, well, that's what my parents did. So that's what I, that's what I know, mm-hmm. right? And more often than not, someone with anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. What we know is even if it's to our own detriment, sometimes more comfortable than the unknown of what we don't know. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to select a partner that maybe perpetuates my trauma cycles or Mm -hmm. my character defects, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and that's not necessarily maybe the healthy choice. And so when you maybe start to work on that as a couple, Mm -hmm. they they might not both want to work on both of them on those things, Mm -hmm. right, on changing those cycles. So it's a pretty tricky, it's a, it can be a tricky dynamic and it takes a lot of active choice, right? Mm-hmm. Moment to moment, active choice and active mindfulness to break some of those, those cycles. And both partners have to be willing to yeah. do that too, right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like, yeah, if they're not, then it's kind of like one's probably going to go this way and yeah. another, and then it's like, am I helping you stay together or am I helping you split up? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now tell us about your first marriage. Sure. How you chose the partner you chose and why and what happened. Sure. Sure. Um, So it's so funny. I was telling Monica before that I uh, texted my ex-husband last week and being like, Hey, FYI, I'm going to be on a podcast about divorce. And so I'm going to talk about our divorce. And he was like, thanks for letting me know. And I'm like, cool, cool. Cool. Um, just wanted to let you know. But of course, my husband, Phil, being the um, amazing human that he is, he was like, I think you should just tell him, just give him a heads up. And oh, um, I was like, oh, my God, you're so, so sweet. sweet. Right? You're like being so thoughtful for like towards the person who like damaged me like yeah, more than anybody. <laughs> and you had to pick up the pieces like you're so thoughtful. That's so nice. Right? Um, so I met my uh, my first husband in college. Uh, my, my mom signed me up for the adventure floor in my dorms. I, that was not consensual. I did not want to be on an outdoor <laughs> adventure floor. I've never heard of an adventure floor. Does oh, that mean, like, hey, we like to go backpacking? Yep. And- okay. yep. Yep. And she like behind my back was like, outdoors, it's great for her. Let me sign her up for the outdoor <laughs> adventure floor. And, um, that was like her last little string of power uh, while like we're paying for your college. So last string of power, she's a Jewish mother. She got, she's, she got more power than we know. The the Jewish guilt, she lays it on thick and I just weaken the knees after she does, she pulls those cards. Uh, Uh, Again, a cycle I do not want to perpetuate for my daughter. Um, and, uh, so we, we met like really pretty soon at like the first semester of, of college, which is already confusing and comes with all these random transitions. And, um, we started dating pretty quickly and, um, like progressed pretty fast. And he traveled a lot during college. His dad is a director. He's in the film industry. And so he was a film and media studies major and so would would travel to um to you know to be with his dad on set and was his dad's assistant and um, knew he wanted to be in the film industry and still is in the film industry and 
So um, when we graduated college, it was like the, do we move in together thing? And it's like, well, we've been together for four years. Like, what, what, what am I doing? What, what are we doing if that's like yeah. not the next step? Yeah. And um, sometimes I do feel like I kind of took him on my life because I knew I never wanted to, I never wanted to leave LA. My whole family's here. The Jewish guilt would have got me if I left, right? Um, and so I, you know, knew I wanted to live in LA, you know, after college, I, I, a year after I graduated college, I, I bought a house, which is like, you're rooting, right? That's, that's rooting. Um, and when we were in the process of starting to buy a house, I could see him get really freaked out. Like the commit, it's a, that's a commitment, right? Yeah. And, um, he wasn't involved in the financial aspect of that. That was my, my, my parents. Um, who are in the real estate industry. So they're like, buy now or you're never going to be able to buy again. And I was like, oh my God, again, the anxiety. Yeah. And so I could see him like freak out a bit at, you know, the idea of like, you know, buying a house is so solid. And mm -hmm. it kind of made me question. I was like, yo, like what's going on? Like, you know, we're starting to plan our, our life and I can see you're kind of like freaked out by that. And, um, we had the frank conversation where I was like, Hey, like, is this not the play? Cause like, I don't want to waste my time. Like, you know, I'm in my mid twenties now. I love that I you have the balls to even say that in your mid twenties, right? It's so grown up. I feel <laughs> like places to go. I, ain't got, yeah. I can't waste my time. Yeah. And of course society tells us if you're, you know, you lose your fertility every waking moment. Yeah. It's like <laughs> the moment, like after you turn 25, you're, you're, you're done. You know, you're done. Yeah. Here I am 35. That's a new mom. <laughs> But um, so I was like, you know, hey, like, what are we doing? Like, if the, is this not, is this not it? And he kept kind of holding on to me, and he was like, no, this is it. I want to be with you. And I'm like, I can kind of. There was kind of something there where I could tell he didn't, he didn't really want to. But I was like, okay, it's been six years at this point, seven years. We were together for ten years near wow. the end. Oh my god. Um, and again, each milestone, like when we're talking about getting engaged, I can, I can tell he's like going, he can like sort of like, you know, but it's, you know, he's a guy in his mid twenties. I'm mm -hmm. like, he's scared of commitment. He's, you know, just a guy in his mid twenties, like whatever. And so we, um, we got engaged and it was very exciting. Of course, at that point, we'd been together for like eight years, seven, seven or eight years at this point. And, um, we we tie the knot we get we get married and two years after we got married um he goes on this trip he's filming something in miami or florida or something and he comes he was really distant on that trip i could tell mm -hmm. um he like wasn't really responding readily to my texts and wasn't really you know available and so he comes back from this trip and I have violent food poisoning, by the way, when he gets back. <laughs> so it is like coming out of both ends. That's TMI probably. <laughs> and it. I am like ill. And he comes back from, which is probably my body getting rid of this marriage. Um, yeah. Your body always knows. Yeah, literally. Literally, I'm just expelling this yeah. relationship. And yeah. he comes home and, um, you know, he's really distant. Like, and I'm like violently ill and he was not disengaged. I had to call my best friend to come to go bring me Gatorade and saltines because he was like in a totally different room, could not look at me. At that point, I'm like, okay, something's up. Like we, something is going on here. And so I pull him aside at the end of the day when I can finally stand and like function. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like, 
what happened on this trip. And he looks at me and he goes, I was unfaithful. And probably not that eloquently, but you know, I was, I I slept with someone I was unfaithful. And I'm like, okay, take a deep breath. And I walk, I walk, I'm like, give me a minute. I need to Mm -hmm. like collect myself. So I like walk away. I walk into the, um, into the main bathroom and I, I grab the sides of the, um, of the sink. I remember this so vividly. Isn't it amazing how our minds capture these you back, you travel back in time. Yeah. I grab the two sides of the sink and I look in the mirror and I say to myself something that I've constantly said to myself in times of, 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 of struggle. Your grandmother watched her whole family get murdered and lived Mm -hmm. this beautiful life. Like you can do anything. Wow. I took a deep breath and I went back. And I sat back down and he goes, and it was with a man. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Oh, me give, me, give me a second. Yeah, <laughs> so I have to go back. I got to go back. I got to go back to my, my sink. Hold on one minute. And I'm like, give me a moment. I go back. I walk back, grab the sides of the sink. And I'm like, your grandmother watched her whole family get murdered and lived a beautiful life. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And I walked back out and we're, I remember this exact spot on the couch that I was sitting. And I'm like, okay what, how are you doing? Like, what do we, what do we need to do? Like I go straight to doing amazing. And I'm like, what do we got to do to figure this out? Like, cause this ain't work. Like, cause clearly something's, something's yeah, like, where do you go from there? And I don't, I don't even really re- like remember my thought process. I think I didn't have a thought. I'm such like a problem solver. I'm like, okay, this is like, in my mind, I was like, this is a problem for our marriage, not for yeah. you know him. Yeah. This is a problem. This is a bump in the road. What what do we got to, what do we have to do? And he had asked me not to share with people that it was that, you know, he, he was like, you know, I'm, and he did share with me, um, but he was like, I'm struggling with my sexuality, but I I love you. Like, I, I love you. You've been my partner for 10 years. And I'm like, hundred percent, like we love each other. There's no, there's no doubt about, yeah. about that. We're best, you know, we're best friends. Um, but yeah, it was, it was wild. It was a wild experience. And he asked me not to tell people. And so I couldn't, I chose not to tell people that just detail. Just so hard with your family too, because everyone wants to know, well, why are you guys breaking up? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It sounds like he got more out of the adventure club in college. Than <laughs> he sure did. He had more options. When, he, uh, he sure did. Uh, you know, I wonder, and I always wonder this, you know, uh, to me as an outsider, uh, uh, if that happened, uh, I, it would be easier because I go, okay, it's not, that's a very specific thing. You know, not, no, I'm not comparing these two. Sure, sure, sure. Someone said, uh, oh, I know you're a Democrat, but I'm a Nazi. I go, okay, well, we're not compatible. Uh, that'll be an easier thing to figure out. You're over here and I'm over here or whatever, even a Republican. But, um, but, but it's not the way, especially... I assume the way you are, because, you know, you're uh, an all in person, which you got to be mm-hmm. this really dead work on themselves. So <clears throat> what happened then? Yeah, so I, I was basically telling people it was an affair, but I didn't share the, that additional detail because he had to work through it. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no other. And maybe part of me also didn't share because I was shame. I felt shame, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, how beautiful that already you like held this space, like, okay, this is a problem and I'm still your friend and I'm going to honor that you're not fully out or whatever. 
so that you can work on this. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and I mean, it wasn't that much longer until I was, I was able, he gave me, you know, permission to share that part. Um, because I mean, you can't, he couldn't, there's no hiding at that point. So do you and, then go into therapy right away? Oh, like the next day. <laughs> oh yeah. The next day I found a betrayal trauma specialist, um, and, enroll. I mean, I wasn't enrolled in therapy at that point, which I had had a, a few couple of years where I wasn't when I was in training because who <laughs> can afford therapy. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's time. It's, it's, it's time for me to, to enroll in the next, the, literally the very next day. Mm -hmm. um, I enrolled with a betrayal trauma specialist. And, uh, and did you, did you, uh, what, did it occur to you when, when you get this information uh, after you absorb it however you do that to want to know everything in other words i, I assume that it wasn't just going to miami i that oh suddenly he's like you know by the way i i'm all i'm attracted a bit i just realized it i'm sure it's been a, with him uh you know it's been his secret away from you his best friend his secret for for a period of time is sure. that that makes sense yeah, I mean, I think that in those instances, and by the way, the, when I talk about this, it's amazing and astounding how many people have experienced this, by the way, okay. the same scenario. On this podcast, yeah. on this podcast. I told her, yeah, we've had some people that like got to the point and then couldn't share. Oh, it's a, it's a hit. I mean, it's in, I mean, in the amount of people and whenever people find out about my story, they're like the first, their first reaction, I'd say 99% of the time, their first reaction, which is so interesting, I find it fascinating is, well, did you know? And I pause and usually I'll just like go along with it. But every few times I'll say, I don't know that you realize, but by you asking that question, you're questioning my judgment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know because he didn't really know until he knew, right? Yeah. And so it's, again, it's one of those shame experiences of, okay, well, now that communicates to me that I can't trust my judgment, mm -hmm. right? And so now I have to carry that, which mm -hmm. is really, a ch it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. And so then I, and it's almost like it's, it's, and it's not intended to be shaming, but it's totally shaming. Well, did you know? Mm -hmm. Of course I knew. And I decided to spend 10 years of my life with this person. Yeah. Like, right. like, like yeah. what kind of question it's is more that? important to be a married woman and have, you know. Exactly. Exactly. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Um, so, I mean, it, it was, it was wild and I, I wanted him to have the support. I, I helped him get a therapist too. I was like, well, if I'm going, you gotta go too. Yeah. And <laughs> you have to, we all had, we had to do it. Um, yeah. and we did go to one couples therapy session. Um, and l when I left, I was like, this is over. Like, I know, like that was the moment where I was like, okay, maybe we could have figured something out and, and yeah, talk yeah, that through makes it. Me want to ask the question. Yeah. Did you think, well, maybe I can work with this or maybe this sure. is a modern romance. Sure. Mm -hmm. I was ready to like explore it together. Yeah. Um, What's that and, mean? Explain that to me. Sure, sure. I mean, like, figure it out. Like, figure figure it out. Clearly, you know, there was there we had a, a there was love. Um, mm -hmm. There was intimacy. Like, clearly, maybe I was the maybe I was the point one percent of woman that he loved. Mm -hmm. I don't know, right? Yeah. And I was willing to kind of go along and figure that out i wish it would have happened earlier like i wish that 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 it would have happened before we got married where we could have made the decision together yeah. whether or not it was something that we were both okay with um i don't know that i would have been if i had that choice but we were already married and and again society and my family mm -hmm. is like what that's for life you can't you you know you you can't make alternative decisions yeah how did and, your family take it oh my god way worse than i did <laughs> way worse angry anger and of course i had anger about it eventually that i had but to it's hard because you're already dealing with your own experience of it sure. and now you've got to deal with like your families i also want to understand what you meant by when you considered uh maybe if it had happened earlier you could have worked with it what what does that mean? Translate that to me, working with. with sure. Me. I mean, I don't know. We could have, we there would have been information that would have helped me make the decision whether or not oh. to be married to someone who was maybe 99% gay and 1% straight or, or, mm -hmm. or maybe, or maybe he was a hundred percent gay and we didn't know. Like, I, I mean, yeah. we, we could have talked through it and, you know, again, like made the choice you know, people get married to have a companion all the time, right? Yeah. Um, that again, that probably wouldn't have been my choice, mm -hmm. but it would have been so much more respectful to, to, you know, allow me to have a choice. Right. Well, also, and, also, like, it's on him to bring this to you, and not sure. after he's already got outside of the marriage. Whatever, it doesn't matter, man or woman. But once you put involve that other party. And, and it's a breakdown of all your intimacy. And, uh, sure. that, you know, I mean, I don't think a lot of people have the courage or the wherewithal or the strength to come out or, you know, early and say, I just want you to know this about me. I'm also interested in, in men. Sure. Uh, this is just what my thing, I, but I'm going to, we're doing our thing. This is us forever. I just want you to be aware of it. I think it's uh, harder and you'll, you'll tell me if I'm wrong. When they come to you with and it's i will they say they're interested in, in whoever because they've done it sure. like during the course of their marriage so that sure. had to be a double thing that that violation i assume to you sure i mean it was definitely a bit it was a betrayal for sure um but again being like the problem solver that i am i was like well let this is a problem let's figure it out right 
Um, and it, it was pretty, it was pretty fast after that. Um, you know, he stayed in the house for maybe about two weeks or three weeks after that. Um, and, you know, how found weird, him. How, what, what was, did you wake up each day like, okay, I'm going to figure out a way to make this work or was it devastating? And how did you sleep during that time? What was, what was that like? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I continued going to work. Oh, I went to work the next day. Acting. Kept, mm -hmm. I was, I was finishing my doctorate. I was in like the last few months <laughs> of getting my doctorate, finishing my dissertation, finishing my mm -hmm. final year of training. Um, I had so to you were like in the full transformation, not only are you coming to an, you know, end of these studies, yeah. the end of your marriage. Yeah. Did you have any, you know, cause we're all human. Did you have any mm -hmm. act out? Like maybe you went out and got plastered a couple of times, or maybe you took up smoking. I mean, did you have any like kind of act out coping? <laughs> While he was still living in the house, I went on a date. I was like, <laughs> Oh, good. Good like, for you. Yeah. I was good like, we're, I'm, we're doing this, you know, like this is, and again, yeah. part of me was like, I'm my clock's ticking, dude. You've, I've been in this yeah. relationship for 10 years. Like yeah. <laughs> I gotta find, I gotta find the next. I gotta, I I gotta keep it, it moving. You're so, badass. So get on uh J date. How did you get the date? Did the, was the date aware that <laughs> just a couple weeks ago, you found out your husband was gay and he's sure. living in the house by the way. Sure. Uh, what was that? What was that like? I'm so transparent. I did share that with the person that I went on a date with. And we dated actually for a little bit until I met Phil, actually, um, oh. until I met Phil. But on my first date with Phil, my husband, I had shared my non-negotiables because I was like, I ain't got no time. You're no amazing. Time. Right. My so non-negotiables, I was like, one, I'm never leaving Los Angeles ever. It's never going to happen. I'm going to live here for the rest of my life. My whole family's here. Two, I'm going to marry someone Jewish. So if you're not Jewish and you want to convert, cool, great. Like, you know, I'm not saying we got to get married, but if you're not okay with that, don't waste my time. And three, yeah. I'm going through a divorce right now. It's not even finalized. So if you're into that, cool. But if you're one of those people that's like, I need somebody who's been unscathed, like not, not me. And I tell people to this day, like, <laughs> how overwhelming must that have been yeah. because one yeah. of two things happens he either goes okay great check please i go yeah. <laughs> or like there's something so intriguing about this woman and her honesty i can't look away right <laughs> no, I think the ladder. and he is jewish right he converted he was not jewish he, oh he was oh that's very cool that's very yeah. cool. well he's jewish then uh you know i mean you laid it out there did you did you also say i want a child or i want children or this is my other non-negotiable i want this this is how i see things i weirdly didn't i don't think i said that in the first date like, but it I've was pretty soon after quite a meal <laughs> gave him a lot to simmer on yeah yeah but, that's, but that was that came closely after probably how did your family and friends support you or not support you for people who might be going through exactly what you went through like what are some things that really stuck out for you versus support or some things that you're like, oh, I really wish someone would have said or done this. Yeah, I really wish that folks would have, and this is again, 99% of people's response was, well, did you know? And I wish that people would, pa would have paused and thought about what that question, like the implications of that question. Mm -hmm. um, because that to me, 
I spent so long talking. Every time it happened, I would go to my therapist and be like, it happened again. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Let's process that, that, mm-hmm. that unhelpful thought that I have that I can't trust my judgment. Cause every time someone would say that it would perpetuate that, that negative belief about myself, I can't trust my judgment. Mm-hmm. And so even as I'm starting this new relationship at the time with my now husband, it was like, oh, I can't trust my judgment. And so anytime something would happen, that, that, that would be triggered and be like, oh, this is happening all over again, right? I can't trust my judgment. I'm picking the wrong mm-hmm. quote unquote partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really scary thought, right? And then that would snowball. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think overall in terms of support, I wish people would have thought more about their response um, and been more thoughtful in and how they respond. Cause I did not feel very held by, did you know? Like, no, mm-hmm. people, I don't know. Right. Um, so I think that's, that's the first piece, how I would have appreciated their response was, wow, that must've been really hard for you. But I love what you say about, um, feeling like you're not able to trust your own judgment mm-hmm. said, yeah, I feel like even, you know, when I was going through it, even though I wasn't dealing with what you were, there was a huge part of me that was like, you are going to, you know, you're probably going to, if you ever get married again, you're going to choose poor. It was the self-doubt. Quote unquote fail again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you might as well just never do it again. Sure. (laughs) You know, there's, you know, which is something that, yeah, I had to work on in therapy and realize that, you know, I'm not the same person I was. Sure. And I will choose. I have to say about therapy, obviously I've done and will always do therapy and uh, work on my program too. But uh, I think that that something happens where there is a high conflict divorce situation in the beginning where people are like, uh, they'll say, what was the thing about that other person that you loved? And, you know, that that was always easy for me to to go back to that and this this picture I had of her. But after, I think after six or seven years, you're like, oh, it was me. I did not see. She was, she is who she was. There's no, yeah. But I, I projected who I wanted her to be onto her and uh, kind of go through that. And, and, and therapy takes time. And maybe that's part of my journey is figuring out what, you know, definitely is figuring out what I, my involvement. Mm-hmm. But I think that's, uh, you know, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing thing. And I'm sure it's in your, by the way, your husband, the converted, I want to tell you, my people think I converted because uh, I was married to Roseanne. My mother is Jewish, mm-hmm. but people convert, I got to say right here are the best Jews. They are. They have made a conscious choice. You know, sometimes us, not you, take things for granted a little bit. You know, and people that convert, I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta brush up on my stuff because <laughs> they, they really have embraced. You know, I to me they're. that's as good as it gets. It's interesting that you say that because actually I was adopted at birth. So I had Mm -hmm. to convert too. And so again, to like go back to the, you know, some of the thoughts that came up for me around like not trusting my judgment, of course, that divorce triggered thoughts also about being unlovable. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think again, like all of these things that, you know, we, we, we can be re-traumatized by divorce. Right. Mm -hmm. And it can bring up stuff from our childhood, from our identity, from who we are. Um, 
and just acts again as like more evidence that supports, oh, I'm unlovable. See, I was adopted. I was, you know, I went through a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so again, so much of therapy is working on that, right? How do we now find alternative evidence? Because my brain is now wired to find evidence for, oh, I'm unlo- I must be unlovable. I can't be loved. I'm unlovable. I'm, I'm broken. Something's wrong with me. I can't trust my judgment, right? And so, so much of therapy, depending on the modality, is about how do we change that? How do we change the way that we view ourselves um, and make it more healthy, right? More balanced. Um, Do you have a way, a sort of maybe a simple favorite way that a listener you know, could start to work on, even if they're in therapy or about to go, you know, something to help people put attention on changing that story. Sure. Always look for alternatives. Mm -hmm. So even now, like with the birth of my daughter and a lot of actually the adopt, it's so interesting, the adoption trauma is coming back up, right? Here it goes. Rearing its head again. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, Like what are the alternatives? So when I start to have a lot of anxiety what am i not like what is this anxiety telling me and what what might something else tell me right like what is the alternative Mm -hmm. um you know if i get the what like for example like the what ifs um you know Mm -hmm. what if something happens to her Uh, okay well what is the evidence you know i've been a parent for what 60 days now (laughs) (laughs) like i all each day i get more evidence against that something you know will happen um, or that I have the tools, right? Like I have the resources and tools to manage whatever comes my way, right? Like always look for the alternative, more balanced thought, because when we are triggered, when we are traumatized, we are not having balanced thinking, right? Yeah. We are searching for and looking for what confirms that I'm unlovable, right. what confirms that I can't trust my judgment. And we're not looking for the alternatives. You think and part of yeah. alternatives is also a dash of like gratitude or what's the glass half full here? Sometimes, yes. For okay. some folks, no. For yeah. some folks that can feel really invalidating, right? But yeah. for me, I actually find it really helpful. Like something that you said, Tom, earlier around, I feel, I feel bad. I feel bad for, I felt really bad for my ex mm-hmm. because can you imagine going through all this all while questioning your identity and your personhood and who you are and that part of yourself? Like I cannot imagine. And that's why I did approach it with grace and empathy because I cannot imagine what that must have been like. Of course that I'm I'm entitled to feel angry as well. Those don't yeah. aren't mutually exclusive, right? Um, but Ooh, like, and also to hide that from yourself, to actively hide that part of your identity from yourself for so long, to have society mm-hmm. and family basically send you messages that you have to hide that. Like, ooh, yeah, I cannot did, did his fa- Did his father support him? Did it did, through this? But was it uh, was it awkward with his family? Uh, yeah. Something that I think also, you know, you bring up his family. Um, after what happened after, you know, uh, the, the day, <laughs> um, happened, none of his family, not one person reached out to me at all. That's weird. That's weird. That's a sign. Weird, right? Yeah. Very. No, not one person. We had dated for 10 years. Wow. 
And a couple months later, his grandfather uh, died and I reached out, I sent an email to his father expressing my condolences mm -hmm. and his, uh, and I sent it to his uncle and his father because their father had died. And I just sent, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm thinking about you during this time. And they responded and that was the first time. And I had to, I, you know, I obviously initiated and I didn't expect a response. I was just yeah. expressing, you know, Yes, y'all had thing. been in y'all had been in my life yeah. for 10 years right yeah. but not one of his family members reached out to see if i was okay or how i was doing and well, i thought that, that was wild it's wild. weird it says a lot i just gotta tell you you know uh and i should be like this but when you get with somebody you kind of look at their family too you go uh are they gonna be uh if times get bumpy here are they gonna are they gonna be helpful are they all for this or are, are they, you know, and I don't know if you had a, a t obviously you did not have a super tight relationship with uh, your in-laws. Uh, uh, we did though. That, okay, that makes I mean, it crazy. We did. I guess I misspoke. His cousin and I spoke. His cousin yeah. did reach out to check right. up on me. Um, and we actually but still remain weird. in touch. But it, yeah, but it was weird. There's something, I'm not passing judgment on his family, but there's some that's a character thing right there that moment where your your daughter-in-law's going through uh stuff uh which if, if anybody with a shit for braids would know that that's a, she's going through a big deal we've got to do the right thing like you reached out with the grandfather died you've got to do the right thing for the right reason so that's uh who uh, yeah that that tells me a lot now are you close to your your uh, husband's now the good guy uh, are you close oh. to his family? Are you close to his family? They don't live. They don't live close by. But yes, that's I mean, good. That's good. You yeah. But I will say, like, it it also just goes to show the fact that they didn't reach out that it was too painful for them. I was right? thinking, yeah, shame for them again. Well, but, you know, the shame. but you you run towards the gunfire. It's how you be a parent. It's mm -hmm. how you be a, in a relationship or in a family. There's gunfire. You got to go there. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't do that. It's but hard. some people just, it's yeah. Hard, but it's, but it's uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. Well, how it, does it feel to now, you know, be, I mean, it seems like, you know, as an outsider, you're in a healthy relationship yeah. with a good partner. I mean, yeah. Like, do you, how do you feel? <laughs> I mean, it takes work for sure, again, because so much it, we're unlearning, right? And and that's a that's a big key takeaway too from, you know, when we learn and these things are learned that we are unlovable, right? Even though it's not true, we've learned it, right? When we learn that we can't trust our judgment, there's always opportunity to unlearn. And a little plug, Tom gave a plug for therapy. Monica, you've given a plug for therapy. Oh. I'm going to now plug for therapy. Always. <laughs> that, you know, it, it helps you unlearn. And of course, mm -hmm. there are other tools that can help you unlearn as well. Um, but to be in a supportive and loving relationship, I had to unlearn that mm -hmm. I didn't deserve that, right? Because mm -hmm. I had learned that I, that I didn't deserve it. Right. And mm -hmm. I do deserve it, but that would takes a lot of active, mindful work when we start to notice the cues that we're, that, that pattern is coming back in and whether it be an intergenerational cycle mm -hmm. or something that we've learned throughout our life, 
right? To, to unlearn is a really active effort and it takes yeah. a lot of time. And there may be yeah. things that happen in life that, mm-hmm. um, you know, something even just recently with that I've been processing in therapy about my daughter, my daughter is born, she unconditionally loves me. And I was like, mm-hmm. talking to my therapist about it. And I'm like, do I deserve this love? Right. So again, like even that, that's a, that's yeah. creeping yeah. up a moment that should be filled with so much joy and love and sleepless mm-hmm. nights. Right. Um, you know, so yeah. I had to pause and be like, Ooh, Ooh, okay. Okay. And that curiosity that I do approach that, that I also think is really important that speaks to your question, Monica, as well about, you know, what is a takeaway? How do I be curious about my experience? Cause it's so easy when we are triggered to, throw the blanket over our head and just simmer and marinate in that experience. Yeah. But to like pause and be curious about, ooh, ooh, I'm triggered right now. Okay, what's happening? Uh, why, why I know you're a great therapist. I've never worked with you, but I could just tell because uh, you uh, have had experience in life. You mm-hmm. have had, uh, you know, you have empathy for people that are going through it because you've gone through it. It's like, drug uh, uh, counselors that have been on drugs before, they're always way better because they're like, there's nothing you could pull, pull your bullshit on them or whatever. Like, yeah, I told that line. I'm not going to, or I have been there or I have yeah. compassion for you. And I think sure. that's, that's a super important. I mean, who knows if we deserve our wonderful kids, but God, and obviously we do. So you just have to accept it. Now, sure. old, last uh, question. When did you find out you were adopted? And do you remember what that was like? Sure. I found out as young as I can remember. I think I was like three, four. And I remember because I always thought it was something really cool. And I would like go to go to school or like tell people like, oh, I'm adopted. Like that makes me cool and special. My parents bought this Jamie Lee Curtis book. Tell me again about the night I was born. And it's an amazing book. Yes. I still have it to this day. Um, and in fact, when I met my biological mother, she gave me a copy too, which like is Whoa. I'm going to tell Jamie, I'm going to tell Jamie that that is a wonderful, she is the best. I it is an incredible book that like, you know, and it's, it's a way to, it's digestible. And I remember as young as I can remember, maybe three or four, my mom always read to me, um, reading that book. And she was like, well, this is what, this is what happened with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I understand, you know, three, four or five, you don't like understand the the magnitude of something like that. Um, but I remember, I remember being read that book and it's still, I still have the copy that both my, my mom bought and that my biological mother um, gave to me many, many, many years later. Well, that's like a best. Uh, okay. Again, Jamie Lee, in the nineties, we made a movie together, which is a long movie. Uh, and we spent a lot of nights talking about we really wanted both wanted children. You know, that was our mm. to get things organized in our life, get things together. But that was our dream uh, by hook or crook. We just wanted uh, because we knew that our children were somewhere up there and just wait for a path. And, and, uh, mm. and Jamie has, has been an amazing, also amazing uh, advocate for uh, sobriety and stuff. Um, I, I A trick I used. Um, uh, because I understand all the shame and things. And I also feel like people who adopt kids, <laughs> they've made a conscious choice and they're, and they can be better than people just have 20 kids. They're like, yeah, whatever. Cause they, they're saying, I want 
I want that child. I want, it's like converting. I've got to do that thing. Mm -hmm. Active. Yeah. Well, Dr. Melly, if people want to get in touch with you and work with you, where do they go? How do they find you? Yeah. So drmelly.com, D-R-M-E-L-I.com. And then my handle on all the fun social things is at Dr. Melly Wasserman. Thank you for your time. Oh, and thank you for having me. Your wisdom. Thank you. And thank you for, for creating this platform to normalize the experience of divorce because I think it's incredibly needed and incredibly validating. I appreciate so your honesty, your candor, yeah. your honesty, your empathy. I appreciate it all. Thank you very, very much. Of course. Bye. Have a good Bye. day. Thank you too. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.